At a woman's first bleeding, she meets her power. In her bleeding years, she practices her power. At menopause, she becomes it. Every month, you have this opportunity to practice your powers, to really get to the bottom of who you are at every phase of your cycle. And then once you go through menopause, I guess in theory, you don't need the blood anymore to remind you of where you are. And you've integrated, you know, when to go fast, when to go slow, when to give, when to take, and you become that power. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. What if you could harness your menstrual cycle to create more energy, more joy, and confidence? As young girls, most of us were given the talk about how to deal with our periods, but some of us weren't. Either way, I have a feeling that the conversation wasn't necessarily empowering because there has been so much misinformation about our periods. Now, for me, growing up in a Catholic family, we didn't talk about down there. There was always so much stigma around our menstrual cycle, especially our period bleeds. It was clearly a taboo topic, so I rarely brought it up. I just tolerated my monthly inconvenience. Now, when I started having inconsistent periods at the age of 18, right before heading into college, I was put on synthetic hormones to regulate my cycle. Now, I remember going to my primary doctor and sharing that my cycle had been on and off and that my periods were pretty bad when I had them. I was tired of the pain and the PMS symptoms. And I will never forget, she immediately recommended the Depavera shot and sold me on the idea of only having to take this shot four times a year and I would not have a period ever again unless I got off the shot. And I remember asking if taking a shot of hormones was even safe. She told me not only was it safe, it was my best option. So I said yes. And at this time, I was heading to college. and I just didn't want to be inconvenienced, especially taking a birth control pill every single day at the same time. Saying yes to that doctor and the depot shot was one of the biggest mistakes I made with my health at that time. I had no idea I was shutting off my hormones entirely, my menstrual cycle and ovulation. I had no idea that the horrible side effects I was going to begin to experience almost immediately. It felt like I had entered hell at the age of 18. If only I knew about how my menstrual cycle worked and that it was a clue. It was a fifth vital sign and a key indicator of my overall health and well-being. If only I knew that the depot shot was going to make me feel like I was crazy. The headaches, the bloating, the weight gain, the mood swings, the depression. Why didn't the doctor warn me? I can't imagine other patients hadn't come in with similar symptoms of any kind of hormonal birth control. And... Why was this shot being marketed to me as the best thing out there since sliced bread? A little after a year, honestly, I just couldn't tolerate it anymore. I stopped getting the Depovera shot and it took over six months to get my period back. And I never, from that point forward, I never used birth control again, basically from age 20 years old until today. And it makes me wonder, like how many young women have been recommended the depot shot or hormonal birth control pills literally just to regulate their cycle. Birth control pills do not regulate your cycle, like never, they never have, they never will. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to shut off 
your menstrual cycle so that you don't conceive. And I think the reason why I'm all caught up in this is that it really upsets me to hear that a lot of doctors are recommending the pill to regulate your cycle because it absolutely does the opposite. Birth control pills only mask the symptoms and they have symptoms, right? Anytime you put something synthetic in your body, you're going to experience some symptoms. And what I know to be true is about 50% of women who start the pill get off of it in the first year because the symptoms are so bad. And who knows what other percentage of women are just tolerating those symptoms because they think it's gonna be better than actually addressing the root cause of their menstrual issue. You know, unless the reason for it is actually to avoid conceiving, which I totally understand. Now, if you have a similar story, if you were brought up and no one was really talking about your cycle and then you started having issues and the only solution you knew about was birth control pills, I completely relate to you. That was the path that I went down at a very early age, not knowing. And I'm so grateful that more and more is coming out on this. That's what today's topic is all about. I want you to know that I am going to always be committed to getting you the answers that you deserve. I won't stop uncovering root causes for hormonal imbalances. and I won't stop really uncovering the truth of what's actually possible for each and every one of us because we deserve our overall well-being and our menstrual cycles are a key part of that. Now, today, my guest, Lucy Peach, and I want to share with you about embracing the emotional changes that happen throughout our cycle, not just during our period, but during ovulation, right before ovulation, during the four phases, because I find that when we can embrace every part of our cycle and really understand what's going on with us because we are cyclical beings, that we will feel empowered, that we can start to make decisions based on how we're actually like, what our cycle is telling us, what's going on with the hormone shifts, how is that affecting our neurotransmitters, all of that. If we can embrace it and really understand it, we can be empowered by it. So let's just dismiss the shame associated with our periods and open the door for more joy, more confidence and self-care. Now, as you know, every month we have four hormone phases that keep coming around and around, right? Every 26 to 28 days, give or take, clearly cycles can range in days. Now, each phase bears its own gifts and ways of making us feel any kind of way. You know, our emotions are always shifting. There is a time to dream, there is a time to do, a time to give, and a time to take. And we're going to talk all about that today. That is literally what Lucy Peach is here to talk about, is how we embrace these different cycles and how we embrace our emotions during these different cycles. Now, once you understand these phases, you can predict them, you can plan for them, and you can use them over and over again. In fact, harnessing your period superpowers really make you unstoppable unless you choose to not be unstoppable at that time which is totally acceptable. You get to do you. Now, author and period preacher Lucy Peach urges us to stop treating periods like nature's consolation prize for being a woman, banishing the notion that hormones reduce us to being random emotional roller coasters with no emotional resilience, because this expert is all about really having us embrace and recognizing what we need at different times of the month, learning how our cycles really give us the chance to cultivate the most important relationship in your life, which is the one with yourself. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. Let's welcome Lucy to the show. Welcome. 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Lucy Peach. How are you doing today, girl? Look, I'm great. I'm day 30, so I'm definitely mindful that I am coming down the mountain of hormones this month, and that's where I'm at. Nice. Day 30. A good day to be. I am so excited to be talking to the period queen. I love that. And today we're talking about, you know, we talk a lot about periods on the show. We talk about our menstrual cycle. We talk about the ebbs and flow in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, and then how it comes to a halt in our potentially in our 50s, depending on, on the person. One of the things that I haven't really explored a lot of, and goodness knows, girl, I know that emotions come with our menstrual cycle. You know, for growing up, my mom, I used to call her Dr. Chekel, Mr. Hyde. You know, she would have some pretty crazy mood swings. And lo and behold, the apple did not fall far from the tree at all. I would say the one defining characteristic of PMS or head to the end of my luteal cycle would be my mood swings. And that was one of the areas where I really began to focus on when I finally got menstrual cycle literacy and understanding what was going on with my with my cycle and my body and my hormones. And I know, although as taboo as it is to talk about our emotions in relation to our menstrual cycle, that a lot of people are dealing with the same things that I had dealt with as well. And so I'm really glad that we get to have this conversation. We get to air it out so to speak, and speak into this. How did this come about for you? Like, when was that defining moment for you where you knew you wanted to be the period queen? Well, I guess I'm a performer, so I really enjoy entertaining and inspiring people, I guess. And I started working as a human biology teacher and then working in sexual health education. And so that meant I was speaking to little kids about puberty, teenagers about STIs and consent and lots of different sort of areas. And I just, I really enjoyed, I guess, holding space for areas where traditionally it's been difficult to have conversations. And it was so empowering and elucidating to see the impact that you could make when you just spoke to teenagers or young people or anyone about something that is really integral to being a human and just made it okay. And this was kind of an extension of that, I guess, because so often in working around the menstrual cycle, you know, young women particularly be like, oh, gross. Or, and I think it's just, it was really interesting to me to think about that sort of general idea of menstruation and then where that lives in your body and how that sort of gets internalized and, and makes you feel and plays out in how you are in the world. I love that exploration of of recognizing the importance of the conversation, the importance of recognizing what is going on with all the other facets that you mentioned as well, including consent and understanding what happens when we're interacting on an intimate level. So I, I love that. And then what brought you to really understanding the four phases of the menstrual cycle? Was it that you were just like, you know what, I see so much happening, not only in myself, but in the people around me. I'd love to really understand like what is going on. So when I was working as a sexual health educator, I was privy to the largest sexual health library in the Southern Hemisphere in Perth or Wajuk country. And I was just reading so much about everything. And, and, you know, to be sort of 27, 28 and being paid to learn about all of these things that then inform and empower you was just such a pivotal moment in my life. And I was reading a lot. So I'm certainly not the first person, as you know, to understand the idea that within the menstrual cycle, there are four phases. And the book that got me onto it was by Miranda Gray, and it's called The Optimized Woman. And that's where it just really sort of broke down the idea that you're not meant to feel the same all month long because of these hormones. 
And yeah, I started just really kind of applying that to my own life as a creative. And for instance, you know, you mentioned being premenstrual and having mood swings, which interestingly, I think, as you also mentioned, the mood swings are definitely as taboo as the blood. You know, we kind of hide the blood, hide the feelings, just get along, you know, everything will be fine. Just bury, 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 and then you end up with all these other sorts of pathologies potentially. And so, yeah, I realised that, holy cow, I'm quite mean to myself when I'm premenstrual. And that's potentially, you know, when does it kick in? For me, it's kind of day 21 or something, and I usually know I'm premenstrual because I kick my toe or I bang my hip on the kitchen bench or I'm really starving. And it was a time of the month where I was pretty unkind to myself and I noticed that that inner narrative was pretty nasty, you know. It was like I really had internalised that idea that at this time of the month I'm, I'm not enough, I'm irrational, I'm all of these things. And I think when you add that up and you look at the month and you say, okay, well, all right, so we've got the period where we kind of have this general narrative that we're not enough and then you have your premenstrual week where you're crazy psycho and then you do the maths and you're like, okay, that's, that's, half, a kind of, that's half a month that's of my reproductively a, viable life and I'm just life. <laughs> getting around thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough and I'm too this and I'm not enough and I'm blah, 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 blah. And it's like, wow, what if actually you were enough every single day of the month but you just had a different skill set for that time? And so what I did with that information was I used it to write songs And so I just would give myself permission every month. You know, obviously I still needed to work and parent and do all the things that humans need to do in the world, but I just gave myself a window where I would invest that energy, those mood swings, into being creative. And I would spend some time with myself and I would sort of take what I needed before I started the whole Lincoln thing again. And I just noticed that I started to like myself more. And I also wrote songs and I went on to win the folk award of WA with this music that I had created. And that's kind of what set me off onto this trajectory. Then I made a theatre show about it as a bit of a dare. Um, and then it just kind of kicked off from there. And I've toured it around the world and around Australia. And I have a youth version of the show. And, and then I wrote a book. And, and now here I am talking here we to are. you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On day 30, no less. Yes. I love the reframing. Right. I think you're absolutely right. You know, we think about PMS and we think about in our, like actually having our period. And there has been this, this story that everyone's told, not just, not just I told myself that everyone is told that this is where women are out of control. They're super upset. They're super angry. They're super upset. They're super triggered. Lock them in a closet. And it's a way of keeping us small. It's a way of, of really just kind of making people be quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and just kind of chalking it up to this this crazy time that happens to us, and it gets perpetuated. We've been perpetuating that that talk track, that language, that story for centuries, if not decades and decades and decades. And so, I love how you've seen it in just such a different way, and and really understanding the four different phases of our cycle. The way that I've explained it, that I've had other women come on the show and explain it, was that really it is reframing but especially the area that I think we could absolutely need some reframing around. You know, I'd realize that I'm probably still holding on to some of that story, even though I've reframed the four phases in a lot of different ways, you know, how I can eat for my cycle or how I can get creative during, during, how do I can leverage it to an unfair advantage? 
However, the one area, the one facet I'd never looked at was the emotional piece. I was like, listen, everyone, you're just going to get a piece of this no matter what. And I hadn't ever thought about reframing that piece as well. So I would love for us to, to look at the four phases and to look at the reframe that you've come up with, one that has helped you win awards, that's helped you feel kinder to yourself, that's helped you have a different narrative around all of this. So I know that we could all, especially in any of us that are cycling, we could all use that reframe. Well, basically, I mean, I, I obviously, people are listening right now, so they can't see the graph that I'm pointing at. But if you we just do imagine, have it on YouTube. Oh, you do. Yes, okay. we will have this oh, on you YouTube. Do, if you want to see the so graphic, you can see. yes. So this is all video. This video will go on YouTube. So I loved it when you showed showed me the graphic earlier before we got started. I was like, oh my gosh, show that graphic again. I know the majority of my amazing ladies are listening to this on audio, but if you want to see the graphic, YouTube is where it will be because it's such a great graphic. Were you the artist on that graphic as well? Do you know what? My husband is the artist oh, on that. That's yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So he draws and creates all of the kind of media around what I do. And um, he's, yeah, an incredible ambassador for our hormones. It's pretty fantastic. He's in the show. So in the show, I do, it's called My Greatest Period Ever. And it's um, half stories and half songs. And it's kind of a walk through the emotional landscape of the cycle. And he animates it live through a projector. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, so I'll get to the phases. And basically, if you're not looking and you're just listening, then imagine, you know, you've got these two big mountain ranges in your mind in succession. And we start off on day one, and these mountains are made of our hormones. So we've got a lot of estrogen, a lot of progesterone, a little bit of testosterone. And basically, on day one of your cycle, when you start bleeding, you've got stuff all of anything. And it's not to say that you can't do what you need to do. It's just that this is the natural time of the month to actually rest, as I'm sure you've explored in all of the iterations of your phases. And I guess the emotional aspect to that is that, you know, when your body is slowing down and your mind is kind of slowing down, you've got this really precious window of stillness and, and depth to really check in and tune into yourself and to just... I call it the dream phase because this is the time of the month where, you know, you really want to stop before you start and ask yourself, what is it that I want to grow and give life to next? How do I want this next month to look? And to kind of be with that, with that quietness of yourself and to kind of go to the depths because that's where you are, you know, hormonally. So then once you finish bleeding and your estrogen is starting to kick up because you're getting ready to ovulate again, Estrogen makes you faster and stronger. It's anabolic. You can lift more weights and, you know, people in performance sport kind of know this stuff and they use it, as you probably have discussed as well. But it makes you really driven, estrogen. It's like... Social, driven, sexy, yeah. all those, a very outward, extrovert. Outward, that's right. Yeah. And I call it the do phase because, you know, you've, you've kind of been at the depths, you've done the dreaming, and now you're busting out and you're ready to kind of put all that stuff in action. And I know for me this is potentially a more anxious time because estrogen can make you feel a bit speedy. So definitely kind of avoid the coffee at this time if that's kind of where you're at. It also can make me feel quite, and from a lot of people I've spoken to and just anecdotally, impatient, you know, because you've come out of this cave and you've been done the dreaming and the self-care and then you're like, right, I want to get things done. I've got lists. I want to let's go, let's go, let's go. And for a lot of people, that kind of wanting to lead and, and be powerful and stand up and be heard 
is maybe not something that is as encouraged in, in women. So I think for some people it's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? I've got the reins. Oh, whoa, oh. You know, it's like it can be quite overwhelming. But obviously then you get into the swing of it and then you get this little shot of testosterone and then you're just like superhuman. And then once you ovulate around mid-cycle, I call that the give phase because you're still riding high on all this ass-kicking energy from here. But now, you know, biologically you're designed to connect and co-create and so this makes sense that that's the time when you're, you know, most able to sort of connect with people and to really still have that energy but to, to share it. And I know that for a lot of people they kind of get a little lull after ovulation because it's like you've got this rise in estrogen and then it comes down and then you kind of go back on the on the train again. And obviously, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. This is a lens to look at yourself through and, and to really just ask yourself, where am I? What do I need? What is my superpower today? And in terms of reframing, I think it's like, we love these bits of the cycle, you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I'm normal. This is the real me. This is actually, you know, yeah, this is, I mean, there's other bits. I don't know what's going on there, but this is like, mm. I mean, I can imagine, I understand why they are some of our favorite. Yeah. Our Cause favorite we're rewarded and we yes. slay, you know, and everyone's like, oh, that's, you know, the ideal woman. And this is la la la. And you know, you're so physically ca- capable here and, and you're mentally switched on and snappy. And here it's like, you know, you've got the world in the string and you're saying yes to everything and yes, I'll babysit your seven dogs and yes, I'll be the president of the PNC and la la. I always say to people here, like, if you're in the give phase and you've just ovulated and you go on a Tinder date or something, you need to be really careful because you will see the potential in a rock. You know, you will just be like... <laughs> You know, he's perfect. That rock, or she's perfect. So stable. Yes, yeah, such oh a God, good so rock. It's so good. So good to know. So maybe no tender dates when you're ovulating, or to be mindful of how you're looking at things in the lens. Don't make any big ticket commitments in this month. I think if you, you're feeling like these random extreme acts of love and affection, just you know that's fine. But some things need to be put through a whole cycle. So don't be you know going to Vegas and getting married this this week. Yeah, just like I wonder how many see. people go to Vegas and get married in that little in that little. Spot. Wouldn't you love to do that study? Wouldn't would you love, love to, do that to study. just be like, um, okay, before you go in and sign with Elvis, could you just could you, what day of a cycle are you? This <laughs> yeah, is it day fifteen for you? Is it day fourteen? Mm-hmm. Like what day yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay, and then the part of the okay, cycle. Then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, the bit we've all been waiting for. We all know, that's right. And this is, you know, the most maligned, most misunderstood part of the cycle that I think really cops the most flack. And it's what really excites me because I think there is the most potential for reframing and for redirecting that energy. Because there is energy, you know, it's not like you just want to sit in a corner and look out the window. You have a lot going on. So it's really like where do you put that and what do you do with that and just for God's sake don't turn it in on yourself and burn yourself with friendly fire. So when you look at what's going on, you know, you started from nothing, you rose up to the great heights here, you ovulated and you had this huge, big abundance time here. You're coming down the mountain. You are coming down the mountain and you're running out of all these hormones or letting them go. You don't want to look at it through a deficit lens. And I've got here a drawing of someone drawing or writing because they're channeling that energy into doing something that is, you know, they're making something and they're not kind of, I guess, you know, you're turning your back on the world a little bit. And the prob- I call this the take phase because, you know, it, it can be so hard to talk about all of this stuff with your partner, with your children, with your friends, at work, obviously, you know, where you have to be the same every day because, you know, otherwise you're crazy. 
But this part of the month that no one can see what's going on, this part of the month is when you're getting ready to do this whole thing again. And if you feel pressure from yourself or from the world around you, which hello everyone, to maintain this emotional generosity and physical productivity, when actually you've got bugger all and you're getting ready to kind of let go and start this whole process again, that's where I feel a lot of the mood swings come from because it's this pressure to maintain this ideal woman and be the same every single day when you're not. And if you are able to sort of go, actually, I'm, you know, in this phase and I'm still here to work or do whatever, but actually I'm going to just take myself into that room for half a day and do some editing or, you know, whatever it is, if you could just kind of listen to your body and just acknowledge it a little bit and give it some answers. I feel that a lot of the mood swing stuff is really abated because it's like when, you know, someone's saying that's blue and you're like, no, that's red. It's kind of a little bit crazy making because you know your body is smart. Mind gets carried away, but our bodies are smart and your body knows what you need and it knows where you are and what's going on. But if the whole world is like, no, 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 just could you just be like you were last week? Because that was great. And, you know, just really affirming and rewarding this part of ourselves and just ignoring, you know, the tail end of who we are for half of our reproductively viable life. I feel like that makes me mad just thinking about it, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, how can we use where we are? for good, you know, or whatever you like, but to really just, yeah, acknowledge what's going on and then kind of integrate a little bit of that into the world. Because, you know, yeah, maybe you feel more irritated by things when you're premenstrual, but some things are really irritating and some things need to be seen and to be called out. And if, you know, for the rest of the month, you were just more able to let things slide and be tolerant, this is the opportunity to just kind of not throw the baby out with the bathwater, but to do a little assessment and say well actually that thing that's really you know making my skin crawl right now if you journal this stuff and and you're able to see that actually actually yeah this just gets my goat every single month if this is your body talking to you and saying actually Marisa I'm sick of the way that person speaks to you and and maybe you don't address it right now when you're day 30 but it's like yeah what is that thing? And what am I, what am I being called to, to listen to and respond to? Mm. Mm. And, I, and I think, you know, like you said in the very beginning of our chat, we've, we've had sort of this taboo around menstruation for, you know, thousands of years. And, and so have we around the emotional aspect of being a woman. And it's not to say that, you know, all women have periods and the only people that have periods are women, but essentially it's been a very women-based problem that there's a whole part of our bodies and who we are that we've had to hide. And so I think, you know, the emotional aspect of this denial of, you know, if you told men, if you just said, oh, you know, could you just, could you just turn your hormones off until you're ready to have a baby? Could you just turn your testosterone off? See how that makes you feel? Oh, you've got no drive. Oh, are you depressed? Oh, sorry about that. Now we wouldn't do that. We don't do that to men. And so there's just been this whole denial and I'm just really ranting and frothing now, but. I love it. I love the rant. Day 30 rant. 
I love it. And I hope I hope everyone goes to the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel to watch this particular episode because I just love the diagram so much. And basically what what we're talking about and Lucy what you're so eloquently sharing is that that, you know, that middle part of our cycle <laughs> is the part that everyone wants us to be like, you know, is, and, and I think that, that we want to maybe, cause not understanding all the good that each part of our cycle brings to the table, we're fighting to stay in that high energy, high production, high do, 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 or high giving phase throughout the entire phase. And especially during a time when we should look more inward, we should more introspective, really take it back. That's that time where we're we're forcing a square peg into a round hole, right? And what ends up happening is the spillover, the mood swings, the easily triggered moments, all because we're kind of fighting our own biology. We're fighting what our body is trying to tell us what to do, but we're like, no, we're supposed to be this way all the time. And by God, I'm going to figure out how to stay this way. If it means I'm going to snap at everybody in the, in the interim, <laughs> you know, whatever that looks like for each and every one of us. And so that can be a struggle. It one self awareness is is such a big piece here, and I think I think I know listening to this, and I know so many women listening to this right now are like, "Oh my goodness, aha! Like I see this, I get this." Self awareness is that first step, right? And 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 reclaiming, you know, just saying, "I, you know, what I get to own all parts of me, and no matter, you know, no matter what it looks like, I I want to be my authentic self. I want to cue into what my body is telling me to do." And there's something to be said, you know, mentally and understanding that. Have you learned in all of the conversations, especially with you performing this beautiful show? I'm sure so many women have come up to you afterwards, and I'm sure you've had so many conversations. Are are there ways in which we can embrace and make that switch? Because if I've been like this other way my entire life, I can imagine, even though I understand now what's going on in these phases of, of my, and how to embrace them or to intellectually understand how to embrace them. How can I actually put that into practice if everything's been shoving me into being in those, those middle two weeks? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you said about taking it back is really empowering because getting to explore. And so, yeah, before you explore, you obviously need to have self-awareness. I'll just do a little shame's book book plug here. I love the gold in the queen. I know, me too. It's just like, mm, mm. she's holding up her book right now, you guys. That's what's going on here. And it is, it is, honestly, I wanted you on the show because I love the cover of the book. And it's, (laughs) I haven't, I haven't read the book yet, but I just love the cover so much. I was like, whatever amazing woman co-created that cover. I got to have her on this show because it is so fierce. It's it's such a sleigh cover. I just got to speak into that. What we'll do, because we'll, this will go into one of our emails. So for those who are on my email list, I will have a picture of the book so people can see this book. But also, there'll be links to go find you as well so people can see this book in action. I'm so, so proud of you. It's such a big accomplishment to write a book. It's, yeah, it's a real joy. It's It just feels like a great legacy to have. And to just feel like I've got everything I needed to say into a book and and it's a handbook, you know. And so in the book, it kind of takes you through each phase and explores the emotional aspect of, you know, what it means to dream, do, give and take and to really channel that and use that. And I think the first thing that, you know, is really important is obviously to know where you are, you know. And so the three questions I always bang on about are what day are you? What day are you in your cycle? And if you don't know, then just 
you know, start kind of paying attention to how you feel. And then when your period comes, you know, just start tracking. And yes, you can get apps. There are so many millions of apps. But when you're really starting, I think it's nice to have a little journal and just a couple of lines a day. You know, I'm day two, I'm feeling inward, I'm feeling more dreamy or whatever it is. And then once you've sort of got a few months of that, three months is great, which might sound like a long time, but if you've had a long time of, you know, denying your body, it's actually not that long to be like, oh, hey, or friend, a long how time are you? Of never knowing when anything's going to happen. I mean, and just that real quick clarification, I think most of, most of you listening know, but the first day of your period is the first day of your cycle. So your menstrual cycle, that's when we count day one. So that is always a great place to start, especially if you have consistent cycles and you know that it's coming like clockwork that day one. And this is without being on hormonal birth control. So that's right. Yeah. Yes. So just know this is when you it's you're all all natural. Everything's running like clockwork in the body without a hormone driven IUD or being on hormone birth control pills. So just a heads up on that. That's what we're talking about. Yes. But just quickly on that. So in Australia, we call it the marina, which is the hormonal IUD that's like a slow release. And so as far as I know, that's the it's the only hormonal contraception where you can still ovulate because it's not effectively acting by preventing ovulation all the time. Is that your understanding as well? Yeah. And I think it depends on the person. So of I course, think, you know, yeah. yeah. It's obviously not something you can rely on, but it is the one that's most likely to let you have your own cycle. And, and then even the copper, which is not a hormonal IUD at all, it's just the copper the IUD. Copper, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Where there is no hormones being added into the body at all. It's still, there's a disruption there. And I had a copper IUD for two years. I That's as far as I could go. And I had, I don't even know if I made it two years, I think a year and a half. I finally told my husband, I'm like, enough, I can't, I can't do this. You know, and I, we have, I have episodes on that whole topic altogether. But yes, I, you know, ideally your, your cycle is not being interrupted by anything, either physical or chemical, so that you really have a great sense of what's going on in your cycle. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I just at this point would really want to reiterate that, you know, for some people being on the pill or the whatever is, you know, it's the, it's the least crap option and it's, and it's what is right for them at the time. And if that's your choice, then that is that is hundred percent great. And it's just really about you being informed. And for people that are not on any hormone contraception, it's like, well, you've got these phases, you might as well use them, you know, and you're going to do this potentially 450 times. So you know, you keep, you get another bite of the cherry every month to kind of explore what am I like when I'm at my slowest and quietest? What am I like when I'm at my biggest and my most extroverted? And, you know, how can I really understand myself when I'm premenstrual and turning my back on the world and I need to kind of, you know, take whatever I need before I do it all again? And so, to, yeah, to, to harness it, I think the first thing is to just be knowing where you are and then being able to ask yourself, what do I need? You know, what day am I? What do I need? And how can I best use my power today? Because it is a power. And I think this idea that we're only powerful when we're sort of pre and post ovulatory is like, it's such a rip, you know, because of course we're valuable every day. I mean, look at nature. It's like we, you know, we've got bees and birds and all of these amazing things that are just created just right as if women's bodies were like, oh yeah, sorry about that. Just, you know, sorry. Bees are great, birds are great, but women, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lies, all lies. And, you know, I think when you understand that we are still living in this pretty, it's still a masculine world, it's still a world that's really driven by the linear. And when you compare 
you know, a female cycle to a male cycle, you know, where testosterone, you know, has these tiny little blips every day, but essentially it's the same every day and it's replenished with sleep and it's this 24-hour cycle. And we're, so we're all operating on this 24-hour cycle when we have, you know, a longer cycle. And so this idea that it's up and down and crazy is is only true if you're looking at yourself through a male cycle. But when you zoom out and you look at those, you know, valleys and mountains, we're so predictable. And so the great thing about tracking a cycle is that, you know, then you know what's coming up. Then you know, okay, you know, I've got, you know, this big hard thing I need to do, you know, if it's moving house or whatever. And if you could plan it, you know, I know which week I'd be planning to move house in or, you know, go on a solo hike or all this stuff. I mean, I know you talk about that a lot, but basically I think, you know, from my perspective, if we're sort of focusing on the emotions and I'll kind of lean a little bit on the take phase or being premenstrual, what is it that maybe you've always wanted to do with your energy? And, you know, it doesn't mean you need to write songs or write a theatre show about your menstrual cycle, but, you know, doing something creative just means doing something that makes you feel like you. And so whatever that is, if it's macrame or fencing or bridge building or, you know, cooking or gardening, something that really gives you some time to be with yourself and to say, I'm listening, I'm here, like, how are we going to channel this power today and to just kind of make a bit of a concerted effort and I guess you know once you've done that for three months you've got this data on your body and you can really see oh yeah I always get triggered by that so to preempt that and to put some scaffolding around that you know I'm gonna book a massage or I'm gonna communicate with my my family or my partner or whatever because I think it can be hard to talk about this stuff but if you're in a relationship with someone who really cares about you and really wants to know the fullness of who you are as a person they're going to want to know what makes you tick and what makes you sing and what makes you twitch and you know and how to really ride that wave with you and so you know for instance when i'm at this part of the cycle you know kind of around ovulation i will sort of really make some concerted effort to really be with my partner emotionally and say oh, how is that thing going at work and how are you feeling about that stuff and to kind of really do a deep check-in because i know that next month when i'm premenstrual in the take phase i'm probably not going to have as much emotional capacity so if i really invest in the relationships i care about there i feel like i have more permission and i think a lot of this stuff is around permission and guilt and we kind of you know it's like oh yeah i'm so tired and exhausted i need to, i can't do whatever i need to do so i have a rest but then i feel guilty so it's like well what's the point you know if you know you know on day 30 i'm going to be quite tired after getting up at 6am and doing a podcast then i'll have a bath you know and i'll say to the kids you can make your own lunch if that's a vegemite sandwich whatever like i think it's just this whole need to be everything to everybody all of the time is exhausting we all know that. Men know that. But if you can use the menstrual cycle as a kind of tool or a guide, then you can see, oh, wow, I definitely don't need to be the same every single day emotionally because look at what's going on hormonally, you know. So it's, yeah, it's just a, it's just, it's a friend, you know, that can really kind of just be with you and, and help you to, to check in and tune in and, and give yourself what you need. And I think if we had a whole generation of, you know, young women, older women, I mean, you're doing that, you know, we've got people listening to themselves, taking back power and giving themselves what they need. And, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning that a lot of your audience are perimenopausal and I meet a lot of women who are like, oh, my God, like I've never thought about this stuff like that and I've only got a few years left and so now I am going to 
dive deep into this stuff and I'm going to really give myself what I need emotionally when I'm having my period and I'm going to really, you know, follow my goals and my dreams in week two, week three and connect and then, you know, week four, just explore those ups and downs. There's a beautiful saying, it's a First Nations American saying that says, at a woman's first bleeding, she meets her power. In her bleeding years, she practices her power. At menopause, she becomes it. Mm. Isn't that mm-hmm. beautiful? It's beautiful, yes. So every month you have this opportunity to practice your powers, to really get to the bottom of who you are at every phase of your cycle. And then once you go through menopause, I guess in theory, you don't need the blood anymore to remind you of where you are and you've integrated you know, when to go fast, when to go slow, when to give, when to take, and you become that power. I mean, that's fierce, you know, and I know it can be a bumpy ride for some people, but I'm just like, yeah, bring it on. I want the power. I want more power. Yes. I love that so, so much. And I love that women are embracing this in their, in their forties, even the tail end of, of perimenopause, because there's a legacy there. You know, it's it's that legacy that I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation, Lucy, because, you know, in this conversation, so many women walk away from that and say, you know what, I do. I want I want to practice that power. I want to get to owning that. I want to get to owning my authentic self, like through how my body's designed to operate. And then I get to pass this on to my niece or to my granddaughter or to my daughter or to, you know, whomever any young girl that you get to have this conversation with that I hope that the coming generations, they just get to saunter into this, into this authenticity and into this honoring of their bodies and understanding, having that literacy around their body where it's all okay. And they get to really understand how they truly operate opposed to fitting into this little square box that we've all been kind of forced to fit into until I would say until recent years where we really began to understand. Oh, it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fresh. I mean, I, I honestly hadn't even heard of the four phases and probably, you know, it was, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And, and that was barely a conversation then. And now it's becoming more of a conversation where women are really beginning to want to explore and understand and, and really use it to our, to our advantage, which, which we, we, we deserve to do. Absolutely. And the world needs that. Yes, we're made this does. way for a reason. And I think, you know, yeah, if you've, if you've got all of these girls sauntering into this knowledge and, and being easy with it and using it, just think about how that's going to, you know, what the tipping point is going to be. You know, it's like, why don't we have as many women CEOs and people running the world and, you know, organizing our lives and how things look and feel? Because we haven't had women at the helm as much as we've had men because we're still operating in this sort of, you know, masculine way. But you know, I think we're really starting to understand that, you know, we need to recycle, we need to stop burning coal, we need to come to all of these things that really respect nature, respect the earth, respect women's bodies. It's not it's not that long a bow to see the connection with, you know, how we treat the earth and how we treat women's bodies and what could happen if we actually took the time to listen and to learn and to use the power that we have. And I think we know we're powerful, you know, we, we know that. And it's when it's kind of denied that, you know, it's like, don't mess with this, this, there's a lot going on in here. And yeah, you want to be on the good side of it. That's, that's for sure. Well, I want to just take a moment to appreciate you on day 30 at six in the morning, right? 
in that take phase, in an ideal scenario, you know, we're scheduling podcasts in the do phase, right? And I just love how you reframe that as well. It's like, yeah, I could still show up and do my show up things. I bet you've done your tour on day 20, on day 28, I on day 27. I always get my period on the first night of the show. It's like, so, oh, you gosh. know, your body sometimes <laughs> kind of holds on, but it's like, if I can't be where I am and bring what I have in this job that I have created for myself, then what the hell? So, you know, you just have to be where you are. And I mean, it's not to say that you can't do whatever you want, whenever you want. It's just that, I mean, it's scaffolding, you know, it's like, I knew I was going to be getting up at six. So I went to bed a bit earlier, you know, all this week I've been cooking and sometimes, you know, my partner cooks, sometimes I cook, sometimes I cook with my son, sometimes I cook with my partner. I've been cooking by myself but with my headphones in and listening to an audio book. And it's been great. It's like I'm using my hands. I'm spending some time alone. I'm hearing a story. And then I'm, you know, I have dinner and I connect, but I've had that little time with myself, you know, and I'm, I'm just, it, it's not rocket science. It's not huge, big shifts. It's just, it's just kind of sanding off the edges of life with that lens in mind that, you know, yeah, I'm day 30. So then I'm not going to schedule, you know, nine more tasks after this today and, whatever. But yeah, it's like, I still, I still have good stuff to bring. Yeah. I love it. I love, love, love it. And that's what I love. I love, I love that. You know, I, I, you know, so many, I've had so many conversations around our phases and how to like schedule your life around them. But I mean, life is going to happen. And like you said, it's just, it's just embracing that and embracing where you're at in that moment and really getting to be your full self in that moment as well. And I, I do agree. I love that idea of like creating moments in your life where it's really, you get to focus on you, but you'll be about you like cooking in, in your kitchen and listening to an audiobook. That's your time. For me right now, I feel like I'm breastfeeding all the time. I feel like my boobs are just literally like they're ready to to feed to feed the baby. But when I'm usually when I'm feeding Kingston, I am listening. One of the audiobooks I'm listening to right now is Alicia Keys, her book. And so I get to have my moment, get to take care of my son at the same time. And you know, we get in where we fit in. And it still feels like I'm having my moment, although, you know, I'm I'm feeding my son. And so I just love, love that. Well, and it's like, you know, you think, you know, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, you might have been in a circle with other women. You might have had Alicia Keys next to you and you might have been chatting and that might have been, you know, the little circle. So, yeah, we, you create it, don't you? You kind of get what you need where, where you can. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, my dear, where can we get more of you? I know you've got the book that's out. Yes, I have a website. It's lucypeach.com. That's where you'll be able to see my online course. That's where you'll be able to download some graphics around tracking your cycle and the graph that I'm always banging on about. Also, if you go to Spotify, I so I journaled for a couple of years about where I was at in my cycle and how I felt, and then I wrote songs about each phase. So you can hear music as the soundtrack to your cycle. All of this is on my website. So there's, yeah, a bunch of stuff. And um, Instagram, Lucy's Peaches. And yeah, it was just, it was so great to speak with you. And I love chatting with people on the other side of the world, different time of day, different part of our cycle. And it's this thing, it's like this force that is just finding its way, you know, around the world and and joining people up. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've just really enjoyed speaking with you. And I wish you all the best with Kingston and your breastfeeding cycle. And, you know, what I really love is hearing from people when they say, oh my God, I've been breastfeeding and I've you know, been pregnant and blah, 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 blah. And I just got my very first period, you know? And I'm like, oh, 
that's your body like just coming back to you and it's such a special thing I always think yeah when that comes like hope you do something really lovely for yourself yeah it's it's so crazy to be in this continuum of of no cycle and I just have no idea when it's coming back so we'll we'll see and yeah I am excited because I I avidly tracked my cycle for years and understanding it and understanding my emotions and the chemistry and kind of where I was in my always different types of zone of genius, depending on where I was in my cycle. And so, yeah, it feels, I mean, it's a really wonderful continuum, but it does feel like a little bit of a limbo when there was this knowing, you know, for so long, but I am embracing, embracing all parts of it. And what an incredible journey that we women can have these cycles and then step out of them to go and, oh, I don't know, create life um, on this planet. (laughs) No biggie at all. (laughs) And then, and then give back into it. So yeah, I want to just to speak into that and celebrate that. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on today, my my dear. And thank you for getting up at 6 a.m. this morning to do it, girl. I, I love that. And I'm um, so excited to share, share your book and share your message with my people. I'll send you a copy. Yay. Yes, please. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I am so grateful to Lucy for breaking down our menstrual cycle in a way that honors our cycle and our emotional landscape as we navigate the four phases of our cycle. What if we don't fight our way through the end of our luteal cycle and embrace the take time phase, right? What if it's time for us to take? What if it's time for us to feel those emotions? I absolutely love it. I felt like I was given so much permission to really embrace all parts of my cycle and further understand myself in each phase. Now, I'll be honest with you. I haven't gotten my cycle back yet. I'm still breastfeeding my beautiful three-month-old son, a little over three months at this point. But I promise you, when it comes back, I'm super excited to just embrace each and every phase as I had before I got pregnant, (laughs) which was a little while ago. And I hope that these conversations that we're having opens the door to more conversations with friends, daughters, even granddaughters, because I believe that we can shift the way that we think about our bodies. We have this opportunity to change the legacy, how our daughters and granddaughters, our nieces, friends, how we think about our bodies and how we can embrace our bodies moving forward. Now, if you would like to check out Lucy's amazing book, which I promise it is, all the things and a bag of chips, The Period Queen, I will have a link to go and get your copy. It's going to be in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 259. Again, the book is called The Period Queen, and it is such a beautiful cover. I just love it. And the content is amazing. You can really dive into just embracing all those phases, embracing the emotional changes. She does such an eloquent job of breaking that all down for us. I want to say thank you so much, as always, for listening into the Essentially You podcast. Coming up next week is a conversation with Samantha Wright on becoming a label reading ninja and becoming chemically aware of all the dangerous everyday toxins. Now, we know that toxins are endocrine disruptors. They are metabolic disruptors and neurological disruptors, among other areas in the body as well. And I think what the first step is really that awareness and recognizing what are we buying? What are we using every single day and how we can swap that stuff out for things that are way more safer for ourselves and our family? Well, that's exactly what Samantha and I are going to be talking about in really great detail and making it so easy for you to implement in your own home. Until then, have an amazing week. And oh my gosh, it's about to be spring. So I hope you're gearing up for that too. 